Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Intefo of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. Bishop Intefo is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs, and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. Building a mega church through church planting. And if you don't have this book, I want to introduce it to you, Church Planting by Bishop Doug. It is an, an amazing book. Now, one of the things that we must clearly understand as pastors is that we need to actually expand God's kingdom. There must be an expansion of God's kingdom. Many times, you hear that a church has started. There's a lot of excitement. People go there. But in most cases, we are just redistributing the existing ship without breaking new grounds. Hallelujah. That is what I'm saying. Because there are many of you here your members are in another church. How many of you know that? Oh, yeah. Your mem- I'm sure that I have a lot of members in another church. So it's the same ship that we are just sort of, you know, playing with. But it's very important for us to engage in actual expansion, in actual expansion. And one of the ways we can do that is by starting new churches. Breaking new grounds. Hallelujah. Many pastors don't like doing that. Because, number one, they don't know how to do it. And number two, they want a shortcut to success in ministry. So, you just target somebody's church and you destroy it. Amen? Be careful who you invite to your church. There are people who you invite to your church and they have an agenda. The shoutings and the anointing oils and all that is to attract your members to themselves. Pastors, when somebody invites you, let me give you the sign that you were a good person to be invited. If you were a good person to be invited after the program, the pastor should feel strengthened. The 
pastor should feel exalted in the midst of his own sheep. And the pastor should feel that you have actually come to marvelously help him. There are many pastors, after they are gone, the host pastor begins to cry and regret. Hallelujah. Now, let me give you seven things that you need to do to be able to have effective planting of branches. Amen. Because it is very important. Now, number one, the first step is that you must understand and know that you can have a mega church through planting of more branches. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, um, I don't know who to, to call, but I need a lot of, can I have a lot of young people on the stage? All right, just come. A lot of you, just come. All right? Yeah. You are leaving this stage of a church growth anointing. Now, okay, it's okay now. It's okay, it's okay. All right. Very good. Very good. Very good. Now, how many of you agree that it's a full church? Is it a mega church? Is it a mega church? I mean, if Sunday, God blesses you and you are preaching to these people, you feel that you are called. Man of God is not it. Amen. Now, I want you to spread yourself out in small groups. So some of you should come here. Yeah. Like 10, 10, 10, 10. Some of you should sit here. Some of you should sit here. Sit down, sit down here. Some of you here. Just spread out. Just spread out. No, those of you here are too many. Just divide yourself into two. Okay. Then, now those of you are stand. All right. So stand. Yes. Okay, now you, you sit. Now those of you are sit, sit down. Sit down. All right. For the purpose of, those of you, that also sit down, please. For the purpose of the illustration, let's say that uh, there are about what? 30 people, Bishop? 30, 40? This, this group. 20, 20, or 15, 15. 30. So this is your main church. Every Sunday, when we stand before the 30 people to preach, it doesn't look impressive. It doesn't look as if you are doing something. But this is, this is in, uh, this is your church at Kaswa. But at Latobi Okoshi, you have this branch. And at Malam, you have this branch. At Adenta, you have the branch there. Nungwa, you have this branch. Whenever you have this branch. And several branches. On Sundays, when you stand before this group, it doesn't look impressive. It looks as if you have a little church. But gather them together.
when you gather them together, that is where you understand the work that you have been doing. So you can have a mega church, but having one large church, but you can also have a mega church, but having many, many, many small, 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 small branches all over. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? And when you do that, now, several things are happening here. Number one, you are making impact in different corners. You are shining the light of the gospel in different corners. You are affecting different communities. Hallelujah. No, so actually, when we talk about a mega church, it is good to have one large congregation, but it is even better to have a lot of branches. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Many years ago, Lighthouse was one branch. We had one branch at Kolebu. And even when we came here, and that there were a group of us who used to um, go to the Legon Gardens to pray with the bishop. Bishop Amish, remember? I'm sure I possibly remember. Pray the whole day. We went and shout. As we were shouting, we heard a lion roaring in the place. That was Dr. Jokofi. We were shouting, but a lion was roaring. The man is a lion. Hallelujah. And one day, Bishop gathered all of us under a big tree. And he said, look at this tree. It was a tree with a very thick stem. And then many branches. But the branches were of different sizes. Some were very big. Some were small. But a lot of them. So he looked, he pointed to the tree and said, this is how lighthouse is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be one stem. But it's supposed to be a tree with different types of branches. And that is how we started branching, planting churches all over. When we started, some people laughed at us and called our branches cells. That's why you don't have branches, you have cells. But with time, the cells have grown. Amen? We have all kinds of sizes of churches. We have branches that have thousands of people, hundreds of people, tens of people. We have branches that are 20, 30, 40, 15, 60. But recently, when we gathered, some of those branches at the Independence Square, not all, some, that whole place was filled. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you. 
to move into branching so that you affect different communities with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? Many of you, where you are, you are tired. Leave it with somebody. And we'll talk about how to leave churches with people. Because the statement that the man of God made is very important. It's very painful as we are building and somebody is destroying and taking over. But your energy will be renewed. You will feel stronger and refreshed when you move out to start to help to plant new churches. So my assignment tonight is to help you practically how do you do that? How do you do that? So the first step is to know, you must be convinced that you can build a mega church through the planting of branches of your church. Can I have an amen? Huh? Number two. Number two. Teach a lot on working for the Lord in your church. If you want to be able to effectively plant branches, change the content of your message. Pastor, prosperity message is enough. Advancement and progress and development you are preaching for 25 years, for 7 years. It is enough. That is why you have in your church people who are fat, rich, blessed, but they are of no use in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. The charismatic church must move away from the excessive emphasis on prosperity and blessing. And to move to the message of the cross. Hallelujah. Teach your people about the cross. The cross stands for sacrificing, dying, losing, suffering, Preach suffering in your church. Amen? Amen? Jesus said in John 12, 24, except as a, 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 a corn of wheat falls into the ground and it dies, it abided alone. But if it dies, it will bring forth much fruit. The people in your church are too much alive. It is time for you to teach them to die. It is time for you to teach them to take up their personal crosses. To die to money, to earthly possessions, to earthly riches, to earthly aspirations. Teach them that it is time to die to those things. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him take up his cross. Deny himself and follow me. But you see, not until you, the pastor, has hammered this message from the pulpit. Because the seeds 
you sow from the pulpit produces the type of people you have in your church. Amen? So, start to teach them about working for God. I was telling you yesterday, or this morning, 90% of all that Bishop Dad preaches about is about working for God. Working for God. Do something for God. You can preach. You can teach. You can evangelize. You can sacrifice your life. Whoever you are, you can do something. Teach them. Let it come from you. Let them lose something. Let them deny themselves of something. Let them die to some dreams. So that they can become fruitful. I did not think that I would be a pastor. When I was in medical school, I used to spend a lot of my holidays in London, in the UK. And uh, I was a young Christian. I used to help um, in a church. We go on evangelism. You know, abroad, you go and knock somebody's door, they just push you aside. You stand by the roadside, distribute handbells, you know. You give it to somebody, the person just passes by and then throws it into the trash bin. But that's what we did. But the pastor from time to time would tell me, Brother Emmanuel, I think you are going to be a pastor. And I said, oh no. I'm going to be a doctor. An honest doctor who does not take bribe from his patients to look after them. That was my aim. But I love the Lord. And I've always tried to do something for the Lord. When I came back, one time Bishop Dow called me to his office and said, listen, you are called. You are a pastor. I said, oh, Bishop. A nice doctor in the church. Anyway, for some reason, he went ahead and appointed me. And we got into the work. I later on set up a private hospital. And the burden of the ministry began to rise up in my heart. That it got to a point that all that I wanted to do was to be a pastor, to preach, to teach. Nothing interested me anymore. And then I wanted to enter full-time ministry. But I had a problem. My problem was the hospital that I had built. For three years, I sent expert valuers. They valued it. It cost a lot of money. It cost a lot of money. In a week, I will spend one or two days at the hospital. Because when I sat down there, I didn't have any desire to be there. And the hospital was blessed. So many patients. So many patients. Every day. But nobody could buy the hospital. So one time, the bishop called me to the basement office and said, Pastor Tevo, I think if we are serious 
about wanting to serve the Lord in full-time ministry. This is your hospital. You must dash it. I'm talking about sacrifice. Losing. Dying. Denying yourself. And taking up your cross to follow Christ. This is the message of the cross. Now, what he said hit me and entered my heart. And that's what I did. I walked to a doctor and said, come, have a look at this hospital. I have all this. Do you like it? He said, I like it. I said, give me something small and take it. That is what happened. I just left. I just left. And I'm not telling you a fantasy. God is aware of what I'm talking about. But you see, that sacrifice, that dying, that suffering, is what has allowed me today to stand here to teach you how to grow your church. It is time for you to rise up and teach your people to die. Except a cup of wheat falls into the ground and dies to abide alone. Change your message. Change your message. Begin to preach about the power of the cross. They need to do something for God. The result will be that with time, you are going to have so many people who will be ready to die, to suffer, to sacrifice, to help you to build the church of God. Amen? Now, you may not know, but there are so many people in your church who would like to do something for God. Only that you have not given them an opportunity. Your message has distracted them. Your message has distracted them. Even the way you are. Because as the shepherd is so are the sheep. Your focus what they hear you say, always traveling, how you want to travel, your, all your testimonies about how the Lord has been helping you to travel all around, you know, and this one brought you a new car and a new house and a breakthrough here and all that. That message is not going to help you to raise up people who love the Lord, to raise up people who will be committed to doing something for Jesus. May your message change in the name of Jesus. I'm talking about seven steps to effective planting of branches. Number one, you yourself must be convinced that through planting a lot of branches, you can have a mega change. Number two, teach your sheep about working for the Lord. Teach them the message of the cross. The message of the cross. Teach them about the blood, the power of the blood. Tell them that they also need to share their own blood. Hallelujah. Jesus said, if any man will follow me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross. Apart from the cross of Jesus, all of us 
have our own personal crosses. Your members have their personal crosses. Pastor, encourage them to carry it. Encourage them. Hallelujah. Stop feeding them too much on money and earthly possessions and buildings and visas. That is why you have nobody who is ready in your church to plant a branch. Now through this message that Bishop Dark has preached over the years, the result is that there is always an army of people at all levels of professional life who are ready to do something for the Lord. May that be your story. May that be your story in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Number three, you must train and deploy your lay people to start branches. Hallelujah. You must train and deploy your lay people to start branches. Who are the lay people? They are the ordinary people in the church. Now, the ministry is not the sole preserve for a few people. You are not the only person called to work for the Lord. Amen. Revelation 1 6 says that we are priests unto the Lord. Matthew 20 16, many are called. Matthew 22 14, many are called. Many are called. Most of the people in your church are called. To do something for the Lord. You're not the only one. Hallelujah. Don't be insecure. Don't, don't think that if they also become anointed, if they also be, begin to work in the church, start branches, they are going to be greater than you. No, they are bringing you help. They are bringing you help. They are helping you to expand the vision that God has given to you. Look at the imagine what I demonstrated here. When you meet on a Sunday, you can only minister to a little group. But through raising up people, you have several other groups that serve as an extension to the message that God has given to you, to the vision that God has given to you, to the ministry that God has given to you. Hallelujah. Amen? So train your ordinary people. Your duty listen to me, your duty is not to do the work yourself. Your duty is to equip your members to do the work of the law. Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 11 and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. For what reason? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Give me NIV for verse 12. To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. The, the role of the fivefold ministry offices, the apostle, the evangelist, the pastor, 
the prophet, the teacher, is to prepare. So God wants you to prepare the sheep that he has given to you to equip them, to train them, for them to do the work. Not to keep them as suppliers of money, suppliers of comfort. I mean, some of you, honestly, look at the church that you have. And yet, when you are moving, you have about 12 people following you, holding your mobile phone, your iPad, your wife's bag, your wallet, your handkerchiefs, and all that. Listen, that is not the way to be fruitful. The way to be fruitful Teach this people the word of God. Lay your hands on them. Impart your spirit upon them. Send them out to the field and cause them to go and raise up churches to expand the kingdom of God. Amen? Some of you the size of your church and the number of full-time pastors in your church doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. That is why there's so much confusion. You have 100 people in the church. The income is 1,200. You have seven full-time pastors. Pass yourself. You pay everybody 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 80 Ghana cities, 50 Ghana cities. 100 Ghana cities. And so every time, instead of focusing on the work of God, they are focusing on how they can survive. You understand it? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You don't need all those full-time pastors. You don't. You don't. Even at a certain stage, you yourself, you don't need to be full-time. Ninety percent of the churches now maybe a little lower, probably eighty percent, seventy, eighty. Apostle, is that not so? Of the churches in Lighthouse are pastored by lay people. Lay people. I was a lay pastor for about fourteen years. Yeah. And God used me to build successful churches that Reverend Dr. Ampiakofi was comfortable to come and preach in my church many times at Sakumono. Your ordinary people, your carpenters, your computer scientists, your traders, your farmers, your doctors can do something. Now, don't be afraid of the doctor. Tell him you need to do something in the, in the, in the house of God. And he's willing to do something. Only that you, you, you are rather encouraging him in another direction. Hallelujah. Now, it is very, it's a blessing to use lay people. Why? Number one, you don't need to pay them. We don't pay lay people in Lighthouse. We don't give them allowance. We don't give them stipend. 
We don't give them transport allowance. Nothing. The lay ministry is a voluntary work from A to Z. Yeah. In fact, rather our lay pastors put their money into the church. So the cost of starting a church becomes significantly very, very much reduced. You only have to rent a little place. And then that is it. The church has started. Amen? The other advantage is that most of the people in your church would want to do the ministry alongside what they are doing instead of doing it full time. Many people don't want to give up their businesses, their positions in life, you know, to come into the ministry fully as you are doing. But they would be ready to do something. So therefore, you are going to have a lot of people that you can send all over. All over. Last year, I started 10 new churches. This year, I have another group of about 30 to 40 people that I'm preparing. And I'll pay them to go and start some more churches. All lay people. All lay people. Amen. How many of you have lay people in your church? Nurses, carpenters, farmers, traders. Can I see your hand? You can train them. God will use you to be a blessing to them. They'll become strong. You teach them how to preach, how to do soul winning. And these same people with time will become the great men that God has given to your ministry. Clap your hands for the Lord someone. Hallelujah. Number three. Number four. Set up a church planting training program in your church. Amen. Set up. You must have a church planting program where you meet with your people Sunday afternoons, weekday nights, different times. Welcome, Bishop Musa. To teach them how to start a church, to teach them how to pastor a church. Have such a program, a program in your church and equip them with the skills of how to do the work of God, how to pray, how to visit people, how to counsel people, how to interact with people, how to look after people, how to teach people, how to love people. You train them. 
Now, many of you don't do that. And you rather want to go and take over somebody else's church. You rather want to use a shortcut, pay the price of building knowledge and skill in the ordinary people in the church. That is your work. To equip them to do the work of service for the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen? Hmm? Now, look out for the following signs when we are selecting the people. Alright? Select those with signs of a calling. For example, those who are already successfully serving in some department of the church. People who are eager. People who are available. People who come forward. Pastor, what can I do? And the people who are faithful. The little, little tax that you have given them in the church, you have realized that they, they, they are very faithful at doing that. These are the people that you must select. People who have the desire for soul winning. People who have the desire to pray. People who have the desire to naturally care for people. These are some of the signs for you to look out for. Hallelujah. And one important thing is that choose people who have been with you for a long time. Don't be impressed with mercenaries. Spiritual mercenaries. Some of you have really gone through hell for some of these people. Who came to your church flashing Bible school certificates. Yeah. Oh, I've been to this Bible school. Oh, I used to help with this church. Oh, I used to, you know. Those people, most of the time, are not, are not uh, faithful. They will orangulize the church. Do you understand it? If you send them to go and build a church. Hallelujah. When the apostles had to replace Judas, what did they say? In Acts chapter 1, 21 to 22. Wherefore, of these men which have companied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out amongst us, Beginning from the baptism of John unto the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. So choose people. Now don't make a mistake. The people around you, they may not look impressive. But the fact that they have been there for five years with you shows their character. Hallelujah. And ministry is about character. Yeah. Don't be impre- impressed with people who just come around. Oh, you know, I was helping this pastor, this prophet, you know, in this church, and I was an assistant. And listen, relax. Yeah. You're young, young people. And that's another thing. Use young people. Use young people. Pick young people, 18 years, 19 years, 20 years. They have a lot of faith, they have a lot of energy. They believe in you. They don't have bad thoughts. Other people have a lot of bad thoughts because they have a lot of 
a lot of responsibilities. The child that we are asking to go and send, already he's calculating his, his salary, his student's school fees, his car, everything. A young student does not think that way. Use young people. Train them. Equip them. And soon, you are going to have a lot of people that you can send to start branches. Hallelujah. Number five. Teach them on the six powerful steps to church planting. And in this book, Church Planting, as well as Mega Church, Bishop Dad teaches on six steps. That will help you to successfully plant a church. Hallelujah. So teach them. Know them yourself and then teach them. Number one. Number one. Count the costs. Count the costs. Luke 14, 28. For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counted the costs? Let them know that it will cost them something, but it is worthwhile. Hallelujah. They'll have to give up some of their leisure times to do the church work, but it is a blessing. Amen. They must count the cost. Teach them not to be desperate to see growth increase. The church grows. Bishop Musa has told us gradually, consistently, but surely. It will grow. Amen. Don't be desperate. When you are desperate, you make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> you make a lot of mistakes. You see another person's church there, and then you begin to go behind him to encourage the members to come to your church. Do not be desperate. Don't be in a hurry. Number three, lay a foundation of prayer. Church planting is a spiritual thing. Hallelujah. Alright? Ask them to pray. Typically like 21 days of prayer or 100 hours of prayer to pray for the grace of God. To pray for the blessing of God. To pray for the direction of God. To pray for the help of the Holy Spirit. To pray that people will gather. To pray for a good meeting place. A foundation of prayer. Hallelujah. Number four, to pray and to look out for pillars. People who will help you to start the church. Amen? So teach them and all this. Teach them to be motivational leaders. Teach them to be motivational leaders. I'm running through very fast because I don't have much time, but the book is here. Get it? Now, when you gather three people in a large classroom and you say that this is a church, it can be very depressing. But they can believe that it's a church depending on who you are. Tell them that this is a great church. This is a mega church. This is a powerful church. One time, one of our pastors went to church and um, I think either nobody came or only one person came. He was so depressed. He was wondering whether God had called him. 
But today he pastors a huge church. Hallelujah. So, when you stand before the few people that you have gathered, encourage them, strengthen them, declare, declare to them that this is a great work. This is a great work. Yeah. God will start in a small way, but he will bless it. He will bless it. So, encourage them. Next one. There are some mistakes that they should not make. For example, they should not rent expensive halls from the beginning. Number two, they should not begin to appoint people as leaders. Oh, this is my assistant. This is my assistant. This, because immediately you do that, people now focus on position more than the work at hand. Hallelujah. And finally, there are certain things that are not needed to plant a church. You don't need a complimentary card. You don't, you don't need it. Yeah. You don't, you, you don't even need instruments to start a church. You don't need a puppet. There are so many things that you don't need. Just start. Just start. And when the church itself begins to build up, all these things will come together. Hallelujah. And number seven. Number seven. Number seven. So I'm talking about the seven powerful steps to effective church planting so that you have branches. Number one, believe that you can build a mega church by having lots of small branches. Number two, teach a lot on working for the Lord in your church. Number three, train and deploy your lay people to start branch churches. Amen. Number four, set up a church planting training program to implement, uh, to instruct, to give them skills. Amen. Number five, teach them on the six powerful steps for church planting. And number six, number six, teach and infuse a strong dose of the doctrine of loyalty. Now, this is very important. Teach your people to be loyal. Teach them to be faithful. And the first step to doing that is that you yourself must be a loyal pastor. Hello? Now listen, if you are not loyal to your members, they will not be loyal to you. Why do we love Jesus? Because he first loved us. Why are we sacrificing our lives for him? Because he first sacrificed for us. When they look at you and they see your commitment, your dedication, your love for them, they will pay you in kind. Many of you know the book um, loyalty and disloyalty, but there's another book, Leaders and Loyalty. And I think that every pastor must master that book before you even study loyalty and disloyalty. Because no matter how much you preach and talk about loyalty and disloyalty, if you are not loyal yourself, it will not work in your church. 
It's not working. It will not work in your church. Many of you senior pastors, it is difficult for your associates to follow you because you are selfish. You think about only yourself. You think about only yourself. You are the only one who can drive a, a good car. You are the only one who can build a house. You are the only one who seems to be moving on in life. They have been with you for 15 years. You have moved on. Jacob went to Laban and said, but what, what do I have? What do I have? So when they look at you like that, and then you are saying that, oh, you must be faithful. You must not do this. You must, you must not, they look at you and say, you don't know what you are talking about. Hallelujah. So be a loyal leader yourself. And then begin to infuse that spirit. It is going to be easier. And they are going to accept your message. Hallelujah. And finally, number seven. Encourage full-time ministry also. Encourage full-time ministry also. There are many places that lay people will not be able to go. If you want to have branches in distant places, lay people are tied to their jobs. They cannot go. So that is why full-time ministry becomes important. When we started, you know, this church, at a point, we have only lay branches. And then Bishop died, moved into another gear, and began to teach and to talk and to emphasize on the importance of full-time ministry. And once again, a large army has been released that today, from Kolegono, the church has moved to 70 countries. A couple of weeks ago, one of our graduates from our Bible school went to Solomon Islands. Solomon Islands. He started a church there. Pastor, God is encouraging you. Through the branching of your churches, of your church, you can have a lot of people. Sometimes, just being in one place for a long time doesn't work. Begin to go out. And when you put all the people together, you are going to reap a great harvest. May God release upon you right now that grace for church planting. May that grace that is upon God's servant Bishop Dad, that is upon my life, may that grace be released into your life in the name of the Lord Jesus. The testimony of the pastor it's very significant. He said, I was here when I came last year. Just last year, I had one branch. But he says, after a year, I have six branches. May that be your story. Receive that impartation now. Receive that impartation now. Receive that impartation now. To begin to move into branches. May the Lord give you people. May God grant you the grace, the skill to raise up workers. May God touch the hearts of your people as you speak to them about the cross, about working for God. May you be blessed. I see your, your branch increasing. Your branch from one is becoming five, it's becoming ten, it's becoming fifteen, it's becoming twenty-five. I see you having forty branches, fifty branches. You are crossing seventy branches. 
you are crossing 100 branches 150 branches 250 branches I see you crossing the borders of Ghana you are crossing the borders of Ghana receive that grace may you be blessed lift up your hands and pray and ask God to help you in the name of Jesus lift up your hands pray pray lift up your hands everybody pray a grace is coming upon you a grace is being released to plant churches to plant churches some of you you have tried and it has not worked but it is becoming easier and it is coming easier receive the grace of god receive the anointing for church planting the anointing to birth churches receive it now 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 in the name of the lord jesus father i pray for your wonderful pastors grant them the grace oh yes to extend the ministry that you have given to them my god extension lift up your hands extension the word is extension may it enter your heart you are being transformed right now from a single minded pastor to a pastor that thinks about many branches oh I see your headquarters and I see you sitting with your pastors hundreds of them they have come from all across Ghana to hear you speak to them I see many of them landing at the airport you have sent people to go and welcome them for your conference your churches come your church's conference what a blessing and I see God giving you multitudes of people 200 are in this place 300 are in this place sister is in this place a thousand is in that other corner there's 40 around that corner all over God has extended your ministry may you walk in this extension this grace of extension and may you be blessed in Jesus name Amen I will never be the same again. We believe you have been blessed by this message We invite you to worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International Light of the World Cathedral Collegon opposite the Collegon main gate Our service times are Early rain service, 6.30 to 8.15 a.m. Love and hope service, local languages services, from 7.30 to 9.30 a.m. Love and faith service, from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. Our vibrant view church is also at 9.30 a.m. to 12 noon. Be part of our midweek impartation service this and every Tuesday, from 6.15 to 8.30 p.m. prompt. For further prayer and counseling and further inquiries, please call 
0888-884-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again, 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. God bless you. To